0: Back to throw is Tomlitt, flushed out of the pocket. All the way back at his 40. Now he gets rid of the football, and it's incomplete. The Cajuns brought pressure, and it was. Chris Moncrief along with Chauncey Manak that harassed Tomlin, and the Cajuns will take over on downs.
1: The Cajuns will take over on downs. You heard that from Jay Walker more than once on Saturday in Louisiana's 28-20 win over Georgia's Southern. Fourth turnover on downs by the defense and a um, competitive Sunbelt Conference game Saturday in Statesboro, Louisiana. Comes away victorious. Joining us now, the head football coach of Louisiana's Raging Cajuns, Billy Napier. Good morning, Coach. How you feeling on this Monday? Good,
0: Scott. How about you,
1: man? How you doing? I'm doing great. I appreciate you asking. Uh, let's, let's dig into the game. I know that, <clears throat> you know, after week two's win, you guys said, you know, we didn't, We didn't really feel like we played Raging Cajun football. And then after the Week 3 win, the locker a bit more celebratory. I remember Lorenzo McCaskill saying that was Raging Cajun football, as he put it. Do you guys feel like you played Raging Cajun football in Statesboro against Georgia Southern?
0: Yeah, I really do. I think at at times uh, we can execute better. But overall, the intangibles of our team, right, I'm talking about um, the toughness, the effort, uh, the physicality, you know, I thought the poise within the game to play through the ups and downs of the game and then to make critical plays and critical moments um, really thought our team had, um, you know, the right disposition. We were ready to play. Uh, I think there are things that we can learn, lessons that we can learn in certain areas from a technical standpoint that we can improve, but in general, we were in the right frame of mind we knew it was going to be difficult that's a very difficult place to play um i think they've won like 11 out of the last 13 there at home and you know we were one of those two years ago so uh, paulson stadium you know that fan base those students and certainly those athletes can present a number of issues and they played better right they played probably their best game of the season and um it was competitive, man, and and certainly we had our opportunities to break the game open, uh, and I think that's one of the things that we'll learn from the game.
1: Right, you you didn't you weren't able to I guess um, step on their their throat metaphorically, uh, but but you mentioned time, right? The timing of some of those, uh, you know, the defense gave up. I think 278 rushing yards, but when when it was time to make the big play, a lot of I think nine, maybe nine tackles for loss, forced fumble, three sacks, interception, seven pass breakups. It felt like the timing a lot of the night when you really needed it. Those were the moments where it's like, all right, somebody's got to go make a play, and more times than not, whenever the moment called for it, your defense was able to do it.
0: Yeah, you know, you take. Um... I think they had one one run for about 75. You take that out, you know they're at about 3.3 a carry. Um, you know they had the 116 play drive to open the game. You know where they had four third down conversions. Uh, outside of that, they're two for 12. I think on the day, and and really one for five on fourth down. So we dominated the conversion downs. If you take the fourth down stop and the interception, we got five takeaways. Uh, I thought our defense played their tail off, man. I was really, really proud of the way our defense played in the game. And uh, certainly, um, you know, offensively, we, we did just enough. The big play passing game, the touchdowns in the red area. Uh, we played turnover-free football. And I think, you know, we're probably five or six completions away from really having an exceptional day. So, overall, uh, we, we um, 83 um, yards uh, in the kicking game advantage, we do have a lot of work to do to continue to get better and clean things up. But you put our team together, offense, defense, and game changers, uh, we did enough to win. All
1: right, you got the W, right? That's that's what matters most uh, in terms of the passing game. Dante Fleming had had four catches for 70. I think Kyron Lacy had three. And you had a couple players with two, a lot of players with one. I mean, when all was said and done, you had, I think, ten or eleven different players uh, catch, you know, one of the balls that Levi Lewis completed. We knew that you guys were going to have a lot of depth. I guess is the word to use at receiver and tight end. As a play caller coach, what is it difficult to have that many guys when you know that you know can play and you're kind of subbing in and out? Does it? Is there at times cooks in the kitchen, or do you love just having all those ingredients in the pantry?
0: Well, I think I think that uh, it's good for your team to have competitive depth. You know, I think it's good when you have competition within the week. Um, I think that leads to better practice habits. I think it creates urgency and intensity and focus in the meetings, the walkthroughs, and practice because they know that we are evaluating everything that they do relative to getting an opportunity to run out there and play. Uh, so. It's been a strength of our team, in my opinion, so far, Uh, and we'll continue to build around that. I think, um, you know, there's been times around here where we were looking for maybe another receiver or two to step up and make some plays. And I think now uh, we've recruited well, um, we've evaluated well, and we've got more depth than typical at the
1: if, if everyone is healthy at that position, what is the game plan going in in terms of, of reps? I know it I'm not asking specifically like about this will this specific player get that much, but do you say all right these three will run out this series and when we get to this series it changes or does that evolve during the game?
0: I think it's a combination of both you know I think we, uh, we meet on game day, we talk about every position on our team. Uh, play the players. We organize the special teams depth chart in a way, um, you know, where we've got lots of players that contribute uh, to the team. I think it's good for our culture. It's good for chemistry and morale. The more roles that we can create on our team, the better. Uh, And the cumulative effect of that is a team that really got a lot of players that are invested. Uh, It's a philosophy that we have. And, um, I think it's it's been one of the reasons that we've been able to to play winning football and have a good locker room, you know, while we've been here.
1: Billy Napier, our guest, Louisiana Asian Cajun head football coach, Cajuns three and one, one and zero in Sun Conference play, um, making plays. Fry Gardner made quite a few, uh, led the team in tackles. I know he was happy to be back on the field. Uh, having him back on the defense, what is what does it mean, not just in terms of what I guess the viewers can see in terms of what he does on the field, but what does he bring to the defense outside of just the playmaking and the athletic ability?
0: Well, I think Farad's an intelligent young man. Uh, he certainly has a high football IQ, uh, and he's a guy that communicates well. And I think that affects the players around him. They play better. You know, I think that uh, he's got experience, and he's a little bit different athlete. You know, I think his ability to run—he's loose-hipped, and he's got good play strength. You know, to be a little bit undersized. You know, so you know, certainly always good to have him out there. And he was productive. Uh, no question that you know he played one of the better games on defense of the defensive players, and I think he's one of our players of the game. So, uh, in general, uh, is a heck of a football player, and. More importantly, I think he's really grown up as a person, you know, his um, academically, you know, he he has um, got a plan. He's worked hard. He's he's working on a master's degree. Uh, He did multiple internships this spring and this summer. Uh, He's really come a long way and we're, we're really proud of him.
1: Coach, against Ohio, you you noted the uh, offensive line having your your all your sort of starters on the depth chart all back, and the impact that that had um, on Saturday when Carlos Rubio went down. Certainly, um, there was some worry there and concern for him. Uh, how is he? How is he doing there? And and the follow up question would be: How did you feel your old line did adjusting after his injury?
0: Well, Carlos uh, has a pretty significant injury. Um, You know, we're still, you know, evaluating that. um, But I do think that we will expect um, Carlos to be out, you know, for a pretty significant time here. Um, You know, we went back to our original lineup that we played with the first two games, Ken Marks at left tackle, A.J. Gilly at left guard. Um, And, you know, I think, um, handled up Well, I thought in protection in particular, we had a good day, you know, had a clean pocket for the most part. Um, I do think in the run game, um, you know, we, we, they moved quite a bit, you know, and they pressured quite a bit uh, to disrupt the run game. I thought we handled that well at times. And there are other times where we can do uh, better. So, you know, in general there, I think that, We need to do a better job blocking on the perimeter. You know, when you really evaluate the run game, uh, we were 4.4 a rush, uh, and we're, you know, we're a handful of plays away from breaking a couple and making that goal for the week at five point yards a rush. So, you know, we need to block the edges better. We need to block on the perimeter better, and we need to have better eye discipline, footwork, and be more decisive at running back, right? I think that. Sometimes we always want to just talk about the offensive line, but when I evaluate the running plays in the game for this past Saturday, I see opportunities to improve in terms of how we block force, uh, how we play on the edges, and how our running backs play relative to the fundamentals and the decisiveness. Uh, Outside of that, um, you know, 4.4 rush, you know, we're close to our goal, but, you know, I think that, we can improve that for sure. We came up short.
1: This is not so much an X's and O's question, just a question as a head coach. You know, you have a, a special relationship with your players, Coach, and um, when any player, I guess, goes down, how difficult is it sort of in the moment to to have a moment, right, uh, with the player and, and and yet also in the context of you know, is part of the game, but you have to get kind of right back in there and and coach and, and win a football game. Does that question make sense?
0: Yeah, no, I think it's common. Um, and I do think it's a challenge, you know. I think that uh, it's, um, you know, and I think it, that not only myself, but I think um, every player and every coach, everybody within the organization kind of goes through that same thing when a guy gets injured. Um, and it, it's a tough part of the game, right? I mean, this is a – um, this game's not for everybody, mm-hmm. let's just put it that way. So um, I think that, you know, I think that I've got a lot of respect uh, for players that work hard to play this game and then go play at the right compete on game day. Uh, There's a ton of work that's done behind the scenes, and I don't think people really understand relative to what these guys have to do year-round to prepare. Uh, And then, you know, the big thing is they miss out on the opportunity to compete, which is the fun part, right? So uh, that's probably the biggest thing to me is uh, just seeing the guy guy work year-round and really work hard to get in position to contribute to have a role to enjoy Uh, and relish that opportunity to compete and then that injury takes away that opportunity so uh, that's the hardest part you know and i know how hard some of these guys have worked not only this year but over several years you know working to develop to improve who they were as a person who they were as a football player and how far they've come and then to miss out on some of those opportunities um i do think this about injuries i do think that if you have the right perspective, they can become a positive, right? I think it's important um, when things don't go our way that we maintain perspective, that we uh, use them um, as an opportunity to learn. Uh, I think the rehab process sometimes can help you develop discipline. It can remind you uh, of, of things, that you know, you things maybe you took for granted, you know, Uh, before so uh, there's good and bad that come with it and uh, certainly you know it's a tough part of the job and a tough part of the game so uh, we always try to make the best of it certainly we'll do that in this situation as well coach
1: billy napier our uh, our guest did you ever i know you play you know college quarterback what was the i guess the the most difficult injury you dealt with during your playing career
0: I had lots of injuries. Uh, <laughs> I was an option quarterback. Um, you know, probably had both shoulders, um, several concussions, and uh, had a a knee that got drained um, and injected every week for about 12 weeks the year with that we played the national championship game. So um, a little bit of everything. Um I had pretty daggone close relationship with our trainers that's at Farmer. I will tell you that. Yeah. Uh, Brian Reese and Phil had two men that, you know, helped me and certainly I still, to this day, have a close relationship with. Brian um, actually got a note in the mail from him the other day. So, um, you know, I think that that's a position in your organization that's so important, uh, the athletic trainers uh, and what they do. We're fortunate to have some really – uh, professional, experienced veteran people leading that area. Uh, Tony Hill is in his first year. He's done a terrific job this year. Uh, Chris Liddy, Liz Garcia, Shana Sinceri, Jason McGee. Um, we've got five people there that work you know, year-round, 24-7, 365, to take care of our players and try to position them uh, to have success, and we're certainly thankful for them.
1: Coach Billy Napier has been our guest. Just a few more for you, Billy. Your quarterback Levi Lewis. How would you grade his performance on Saturday?
0: His quarterback efficiency rating was one seventy, which is really, really good. Um, but I think Levi and I both agreed that there was probably six plays in the game where, you know, if he'll do what he's supposed to do, um, make a better decision, make a more accurate throw. Um, you know, he would have have had a day that everybody in the country would have been talking about. So uh, he did play turnover-free football. Uh, We missed some opportunities, but I'm going to tell you what, you know, he he absolutely uh, competed through a slow start and made two of the best uh, deep ball throws of his career. Um, You know, that throw to uh, Michael Jefferson and that throw to Dante Fleming were elite um, two big-time throws, and that's an area on our team where we've worked hard to improve, and I think some of that work is showing up. But, you know, 170 is a good day at the office, especially when you throw three touchdowns and no interceptions. But third down, um, it was not a good day for us, right? We were 3 of 15 on conversion down. and you know, those are the areas where maybe he could have made the difference, you know, in a couple possessions, and he knows that. Um, so, no, that's that's pretty much the way I see it, and I think most people that watch the game would
1: say the same thing. Yes, sir. All right, um, Coach South Alabama this upcoming Saturday, another road game in conference play. They're off to a uh, to a three and O start. Um, I know it's it's a ways away, but um, you know, any early thoughts on the Jaguars?
0: Yeah, uh, they've got athletes. Uh, they've got big, fast, explosive players at every position. They always have. Uh, they're going to be tough. They're going to be physical. Um, and certainly with the new staff, you know, you've got new wrinkles on offense, defense, and the kicking game. Uh, they've found ways to win. Um, you know, beat Southern Miss Bowling Green and Hawkeye State. They're off to a 3-0 start. They had an open date last week. Uh, so they've got two weeks to get ready for this conference opener for them. Uh, and we got to go play at their place at 7 o'clock, um, you know, which will be a challenge. It will be a bus trip for us over there. Um, you know, there's some challenges that come with that. But um, in general, um, you know, they always require uh, the utmost respect. You know, we've played them three times since we've been here. Uh, and it's always tough. You got to be ready to go, and uh, certainly with a new staff uh, and probably I would say 12 to 15 transfers. You know, they they got a different team, and certainly we got we're going to have to be at our best.
1: Final football question for you, Coach. It's uh it's a tough business at times, and uh, Chad Lunsford was let go by Georgia Southern. I know. A number of coaches in the Sun Belt, you guys uh, talk and, and and get along. I'm not sure what your relationship was like with him, but when you heard that news, what were your thoughts?
0: Well, it's a tough part of the profession. Um, you know, I think Chad Lunsford's a good man. All right, I think he's he's got a great foundation. You know, relative to who he is as a person, uh, his family, his faith. Uh, he has passion for people and for players. Uh, and he's an absolute class act so uh, I've known Chad for a while and i've been very impressed with him just in general uh, and i i thought his team was uh, very motivated i thought they played hard i thought they played tough in the game uh, and i thought they had good plans you know on the offense defense in the kicking game uh, this past week now I can't speak for the entire body of his work but uh, I know that when we've had, we've had to play those guys, they've been ready to play, and their intangibles uh, have been always been really good. So, you know, Georgia Southern is a, a place that cares about football. Um, and certainly, you know, these things come with the territory, you know, especially at a place that has high expectations, that has that level of history and tradition. So, you know, Chad's a friend of mine. I'll do anything I can do to help him. Uh, down the road, uh, he knows that, and um, you know I just hate it for his staff and for the families and all the people that are involved. And and this early in the year mm-hmm. can be tough for the players as well. So, uh, but I've got nothing but respect for Chad Munster.
1: Yeah, you mentioned family. Um, you know, he's been married. For, I think almost twenty years, three kids, Sophie Rhett, and Josie. So of course, my final question coach is long road trip. I think you guys second the longest road trip of the season was this past weekend. um so by the time you get home, you know the kids are probably sleeping unless they woke up in the middle of the night, but uh what was the first thing the kiddos told you whenever they saw you on Sunday?
0: Believe it or not, um, I got home at two thirty or something like that, and then um. You know, we, Annie Joe actually had a soccer tournament out of town, so I didn't get a chance to see him until later that day. Got a chance to see him a little bit this morning before school, but um, you know, we'll catch up tonight for family dinner. Um, We always do that on Monday uh, evenings uh, and then come back to the office and get back to work, but um, no, I, I think the good thing is Sammy's finally getting to an age where when he's watching the game and he cares about who's winning, so Uh, He he went to bed, and uh, he made his mama wake him up and tell him to score uh, when the game was over. So that's a good thing. Uh, He's starting to figure it out a little bit.
1: Well, win or lose, uh, it's always great to have those kids that bring you right back down to earth where you need to be, right?
0: No doubt, no doubt.
1: Coach, I appreciate you always taking the time, and um, thanks for uh, all the details, all the knowledge, and we'll talk to you later this week.
0: All right. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate you covering our team, man. I'll see you around. You got
1: it. That is Louisiana Raging Cajun head coach, Billy Napier. (laughs) When we come back, college football. Just talked a lot of it with Coach Napier. Some of the biggest surprises in the world of college football over the weekend. We'll dig into college football's week four. And the team that suffered, oof, gut-wrenching loss. We'll dig into all that and more, plus open phone lines. Getting back into NFL, talking Saints in the 8 o'clock hour. Don't go anywhere. The Great Scott Show continues right after this.